back to Sleep for Performance Radio. Audio abstract day again today. I think we're up to about number seven in these. Uh tend to lose count. I think I named the last one the incorrect number. Today we are going to talk about fatigue, alcohol and performance impairment. Now this is a landmark study that was done back in 1997 and was published in the prestigious journal called Nature. And this study was undertaken by Drew Dawson and Catherine Reid. Now this study still holds up today. So this has been replicated in other studies and still holds up today. And there's probably a number in here or some kind of um, relevant numbers in here that you may have heard before in relation to fatigue and sleep and particularly if you've been working in industry some of this information will not be new to you however what we are going to do is delve into that paper and what actually happened in that paper in terms of correlating the relationship between fatigue alcohol and performance impairment okay so what transpired in this so we know that it's very difficult to quantify fatigue. You know, fatigue and sleep is very much an individual response. And some people are better at coping with it, with lack of sleep better than others. And we know there's individual variability. But also as well, we know that when we are tired and we are making mistakes, it's very difficult for us to quantify that. You know, and subjective efforts have been made before. But back in 97, uh, this kind of, novel approach to looking at fatigue was uh, was published in the journal nature as i said at the start so poor quality sleep and inadequate recovery does lead to fatigue and we know this as well we know it decreases alertness and impairs performance in a variety of ways and most notably is that cognitive decision making or reaction time or any of these neurobehavioral tests that may be uh, conducted so in this study 40 subjects participate in two counterbalance experiments so in one they were kept awake for a total of 28 hours it's quite a long time from 8 a.m in the morning until 12 midday the following day and in the other they were asked to consume 10 to 15 grams of alcohol at 30 minute intervals from 8 a.m until they reached a mean blood alcohol concentration of 0.10 percent now in both of those experiments whether it be awake or consuming the alcohol um, cognitive psychomotor performance was measured every half hour or every 30 minutes and so they were testing the eye hand coordination or hand eye coordination and looking at the uh, the results here so what they found was that in hours of wakefulness and in blood alcohol concentrate basically it was very very similar uh, performance so between the 10th and 26th hours of wakefulness so being awake for 10 hours up and far as 26 hours resulted in a degradation or poor performance by 0.74 percent per hour and so when they conducted a regression analysis in the sustained wakefulness condition it revealed a linear correlation between the hours of wakefulness and the mean relative performance so this is like a line that gets drawn through the data um, and the hours of wakefulness the mean relative performance and hours of wakefulness account for roughly 90 percent of the variance um, and what happened here was had an r squared value of point two, not sorry point nine two. so 
This accounts for the variance and then a p-value of 0.05. So statistically significant, that relationship between hours of wakefulness and mean relative performance. Now the regression analysis in the alcohol condition indicated a significant linear correlation as well between the subject's mean blood alcohol concentrate and the mean relative performance also. And this accounted for 70% of the variance in, um, in this. And the R squared value here was R squared was a uh, 0.69, so just under the 70 there. And for each 0.01% increase in blood alcohol, performance decreased by a little over 1%. Therefore, a mean blood alcohol concentrate of 0.10, the mean relative performance on the tracking task decreased an average by 11.6%. So it's really interesting to look at those numbers and hear those, but what can we kind of hang our hats on to kind of take away a number that's interesting to us in the public domain or working in health and safety or for our own um, health and safety whilst driving or doing any other tasks. What we can deduce from this data or what comes out as a number is that after 17 hours of sustained wakefulness, so you're awake for 17 hours, no sleep, no naps, your cognitive psychomotor performance decreases to a level that is similar to having a blood alcohol concentrate of 0.05%. And this is the level in many Western countries, such as Australia, Ireland, the UK, um, but I think in America it's 0.08%. Now, obviously, this may change based upon the type of licensing or conditions you may have. So that gives you a bit of an idea about the intoxication level there. What is interesting, though, is that are 24 hours of sustained wakefulness, which may occur in um, athletes or military, is that your reaction time with the psychomotor performance is as similar as someone that's in, uh, intoxicated to 0.10%. So, um, yeah, quite poor performance there. And so you can see in this data that the relationship between hours of wakefulness and blood alcohol concentration in terms of reaction time is compromised in both groups. So it'd be interesting to see if you were not only awake for that time, but also intoxicated as well, the effect that may have on your performance, which we know some people do at certain times. So what's the importance or the relevance of this study? Well, this is important for shift workers because many people do not sleep before they go on night shift, particularly the first night, which could increase levels of fatigue for those people doing long distance driving. This could be a factor as well, often driving 16, 17, 18 hours particularly in uh, remote areas, particularly in places like Western Australia or even Outback Australia. I know in Canada this goes on and even um, in the US as well where big trucking goes on and for that matter in Europe as well. So long distances can occur. For athletes maybe undertaking endurance events such as adventure race or ultra marathons, we know that after 17 hours here, your performance is going to be degraded. So maybe strategic naps could be um, a benefit. And that will also depend on the type of race that you're in and what dangers may be present. Um, I know for me personally, my strategy in running 170k runs before 100 milers roughly was not to sleep because the risk really wasn't there in terms of, you know, falling off a cliff edge and so on. Uh, it was quite open and flat, although there was a lot more trips, slips and falls, I can tell you, after 17 hours of wakefulness where I ran up to like 27 hours and... Um, was getting quite stumbly towards the end, especially in the dark. Um, but once light came up and I was on the open road for the last few k's, it did help. But um, yeah, I knew if I fell asleep, I probably wasn't getting back up. So it was one of those once in a lifetime things. But um, if you are doing that, then obviously having the time afterwards to recover and 
recover that sleep debt and re- restore your levels of sort of uh, cognitive functioning is, is recommended. Okay, so that's that landmark study, as I said. It's called Fatigue, Alcohol and Performance Impairment. It was published in the journal Nature, a very prestigious journal, in July 1997. Until next week, sleep well. Sleep well.